Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, where we share knowledge, philosophies, wisdom, and insight to help you on your journey in both sport and life. Introducing your host, Rob Riles. Hello and welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast. Welcome along. It's great to have you with us. If this is your first episode on Leader Manager Coach, a real, real warm welcome. We are over now 150 episodes of Leader Manager Coach. There's an absolute gold mine of information on the previous episodes and many more to come. Now, on this episode, I'm going to talk about something that has transpired this week. It's not something new, but it it is a real a real issue. It's something that affects many many people, and certainly, if you are in a leadership position, then I think you are much more likely or in a very, very strong position to actually suffer this at some point in your life. And something's occurred recently that I've become aware of, and I thought, you know, it's really, really important that we share this because there will be many people listening to this who understand, empathize, and resonate with what we're going to talk about. The subject I'm going to talk about is something I'm going to call overwhelm. Now, overwhelm may mean different things to different people. What do I mean by overwhelm? Well, it's not complicated, is it? It's that feeling, because it is a feeling, which is linked to a thought process about being out of control, probably, in one way. Too much to do, too many things on the list, too much to achieve, too little time to do it in, pressure, expectation, feeling driven, feeling controlled, having your agenda, your diary set externally to yourself. Too much to do, unable to cope, can't carry on, not sure I can do this, want to quit, need a way out, bitten off too much, I don't think I can do this, and so on, and so on, and so on. It's that feeling that probably many of us recognize. It's certainly 21st century. I would suggest that it's probably getting more prevalent. The existence of it is certainly now more acknowledged and the number of people who are aware of this burnout, aware of this overwhelm, aware of this chronic fatigue is much greater than it was. So it's not something new. It's not something hidden. It is around us. But despite that, despite that, I'm not sure it's getting less. 
In fact, I would probably say the opposite, uh, particularly if, and you're listening to this podcast, you are in that arena in some form or another where you have expectations on your shoulders. So that is what I would say are some of the characteristics and feelings and emotions around overwhelm. Many, many types of people suffer with overwhelm. Business leaders. I heard about a business leader recently who just felt unable to cope, unable to carry on, unable to do one more meeting. And whatever it was, the pressure, the communications, Maybe it's the things on the other side as well. You know, it's rarely one thing. Jordan Peterson talks about you give people one big problem in their life and and it will affect them. Give them two at the same time and it will cause a wobble. Give them three, for example, a put it into context, a bereavement of a close relative then a financial issue on top of that and then a health issue add them all together and those three things together can tip people over the edge that's what peterson says that's what jordan peterson says and it's many many little things business leaders sporting leaders people looking after families healthcare workers obviously at the time of recording this we're still in the pandemic and I have personal experience of many healthcare workers who overwhelm is their norm overwhelm is the norm for many healthcare workers it's it's scary it's unacceptable but it's accepted And the reason it's it's accepted is because when you are the person face-to-face with the person in need, then as much as you may need rest, you may need to go home, you may need to finish your shift, how do you walk away? That is why many people suffer in that industry with overwhelm. Leader Manager Coach podcast is available via the Leader Manager Coach app. Download it now to access the rich resource of unique, insightful, and educational material to help you on your own journey in football, sport, and life. Leader Manager Coach for the game, for life. Available now on Google Play and Apple App Store. Parents, I was listening on Clubhouse last week to parents of players who play in academy, so good players who are at school, who are with clubs at an academy level and who have to do schoolwork and exam work. And the schedule for those people can be absolutely relentless. You know, for years on end, parents with jobs, parents with other children, families, husbands and wives, 
parents with businesses taking their children three, four times a week, half an hour, an hour, 90 minutes each way, three times a week, weekends, years on end, nine, 10 months of the year. The stresses are enormous. It causes overwhelm. What about the children, the players, these young players with such great hopes in their hearts, great hopes from the coaches and the clubs and the parents following a dream, getting up at five, six, seven o'clock in the morning, getting ready, going to school or going to the club during the day, training, physical training, then having to do schoolwork, exam work, some within the club, some leaving, traveling to school. Evening times, more training. Home, eat, into bed, up the next day, repeat. Into bed, up the next day, repeat. These are young people. With a dream, with coaches, with school teachers, with parents, with high expectations, with pressure. It can lead to overwhelm. As coaches in the beautiful game, if we talk about nothing else, we need to be really, really aware of that. This is becoming a problem. It's been highlighted on Clubhouse and it's been talked about. And it is something that we need to really, really think about with our young people. How many times have you felt that you just don't have enough bandwidth? Let's call it bandwidth as a 21st century term. You know, you've got no more time or space or mental capacity to deal with something else because your head is full. You've got four or five projects on. You may have a project at home. You may be moving house. You may have a, be looking after parents. You may be running a business. You may be doing a course. You may be furthering your own education. You may have to deal with the finances as well as, oh, that little thing we all talk about, self-care. When am I going to look after me? When are we going to look after ourselves? When is our relationship going to get any time? When are we going to have some time? When are we going to get that dream back? That time when we said, yeah, we will get married or we'll be together or we'll have a relationship because we want to be together. And it just drifts away because little pressures come and this shiny penny comes along, this shiny penny comes along and we'll do that with the children, we'll do that and then this comes along and we'll do that and we need to do this and both parents need to work because the finances need to come in and then there's overtime and then there's all kinds of things. We know that it's life but it leads to overwhelm, it leads to pressure, it leads to people breaking down and people deal with it in different ways. People sometimes just drift apart. Then people can't function at work properly. Their minds on other things. People ignore the signs at home. Men and women deal with it in different ways. There's suicides. There's overdoses. There's cries for help. There's breakdowns. There's nothing to be ashamed of. It's physiology, the human body, psychology cognition, the brain, the mind, the body saying this is too much. 
this physical being, this mental being, this spiritual being is not built for this type of activity with no brakes. You can have the best sports car in the world and you can run it and it can perform for you. But it can't do it incessantly day after day without sufficient mechanic input, mechanical input. And we're going to come to it. We're going to talk. I'm going to give you five key things to deal with overwhelm. Five key things that will help you deal with overwhelm. I'm talking. You're talking to somebody, or somebody's talking to you here, who has and does experience that feeling of overwhelm. I I do have that tendency to take too much on, biting off more than you can chew, setting big goals big targets, wanting to achieve things, getting on with things, not letting go, not necessarily working and allowing other people to help at times. It all contributes. So, overwhelm. We've said it's a 21st century disease. It probably isn't, but it's just more prominent these days. It's so easy in this time of ours that life never seems to be off. Everything is always on. We go to bed with our phones unless you have a digital shutdown. Talked about it before. Recommend it. Difficult to do. Not easy to do. I am not 100% compliant with it. I just buy into it a digital shutdown where an hour or two hours before bed, you set a certain time, the alarm goes off, you close your computer, you close your phone, you close your TV, shut it off and you do what it is ever you do. You sit, you read, you meditate, you spend time with your family, you spend time with the kids, but you stay off your electronics, you stay off your social media, You stay away from it and you allow your mind and your brain to rest. You will have a better night's sleep. They say that what waking up, the time you wake up is all about what time you go to bed. I heard somebody say the other day, I get up at 4am in the morning to get my work done and that's the time when I feel most refreshed. Fantastic. Fantastic. But I'm not sure you're going to be able to wake up at 4am every day if you're going to bed at 10, 10.30 at night, I think you need to be going to bed at 8 p.m. and sleeping from 8 p.m. Because if you're a finely tuned machine, you're going to achieve lots, you're going to lead people, you're going to be great at what you do, you're going to have massive focus and enough energy to deal with everything that life throws at you, you will need to do certain fundamentals. And we're going to come on to those. So what are these five things that can help you deal with overwhelm. Because if you don't deal with overwhelm, you will be overwhelmed, particularly if you are a certain type of personality. Nothing to be ashamed of, it's life. But I met somebody last week, they had what's called a CVA, a cerebrovascular accident, a stroke. Paralysis down one side. Life completely changed. Why? Nobody knows. 
one of the key causes of things like that that are life-changing is stress. Football managers, they talk about it all the time. Pep Guardiola, the top of his game, talked about it. Many other managers talk about it. The pressure working 18, 19 hours a day sometimes, late home, dealing with players, phone calls, pressure from the chairman, pressure from the fans, stress, winning games, heart rates through the roof, well-being programs now in place. We know all that kind of thing. But many, many managers will need to take downtime when they leave their job because it's just too much to sustain over a long period of time. So it's prevalent in our industry, it's prevalent in the young players, it's prevalent in the senior management. It doesn't mean you cannot make a decision to be proactive and do things about it. Is the price worth paying health-wise, relationship-wise, family-wise to be successful? If that indeed is success, because it's not a happy place. So here's the five key things. And I'm going to give you the basics. You're going to have to go away and do the framework, the, the groundwork around the framework to put the detail in. If overwhelm is the feeling of having too much to do, we need to learn to prioritize. This is number one. We need to learn to prioritize. We need to learn to prioritize what our number one or number two or essential absolute goals and important things are so we can focus upon them. It's no good having seven or eight, ten goals running at the same time on your own. That's the target. We also need to prioritize our tasks. And if you talk to a business person, you know there's a fantastic book, it's been out for 20, 30, probably more years than that, maybe 40 years, called The E-Myth. It's about entrepreneurs and why people who are great at what they do then think, right, I'm gonna do this for myself, I'm gonna work for myself, and then all of a sudden become overwhelmed in a glorified job with the tax, the VAT, the books, the receipts, the telephone calls, the administration, uh, the rent, uh, never mind doing what it is that they, they're great at. They are overwhelmed. They need help so that they can prioritize on the tasks that will earn them the income. What's important? So you need to know what it is that your priority goal is and then you need to know what the key tasks are that you, 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 you must do to achieve that. Everything else you say no to or you get somebody in to do it for you. That is prioritizing, number one. Number two, as regards the process, have a baby step process. Be a baby step process person. Take little mini baby steps every day towards success. Don't look for quantum leaps. 
It's possible to have great leaps forward. It's possible to deal in things and have great, great deals come off and great victories and massive successes now and again. But I believe if you talk to people who've been successful, they will tell you that a successful life is a result of 20 successful years or 25 successful years or 30 successful years made up of 12 successful months, made up of four successful weeks, made up of 365 successful days. Now, not every day is a working day and not every day is going to be great. But if the majority of your days produce positive results because you do little things minute by minute and hour by hour, little tiny things. If you'd have said to me, do you know you're going to have over 150 podcasts on Leader Manager Coach? I couldn't look that far forward. I was scared to death to do one. Scared to death to do one. 150 is too many. But here we are, 150. Somebody said to me, one day you'll be the head youth coach of a country and you'll be leading your country at a, at a national championships, at an international event against other nations from Europe and playing in fantastic arenas around the world. Too much for me to take on when I was doing my B license. Baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. It will get you there. Nature does everything by little increments. Take a leaf out of nature's book. Number two, baby steps. Number three. So before I go on to number three, let's just look at those first two. The prioritization of the goal, the prioritization of the process and making sure it's a baby step one. So now we go into the process. And this is where things come across your path. Phone calls, emails, people asking you things, incidents. You have to learn to be assertive and say no. Get good at saying no. What you say no to defines you. Have the strength to say no. It's your life, it's your time, it's your goal, it's your family, it's your leadership, it's your club, it's your players. Look after yourself. Learn to say no. Say no in a nice way. I'm sorry, I really appreciate that, but I can't do it right now. You'll have to ask somebody else. I have things to do. It's not easy. Sometimes there are difficult conversations but you need to look after yourself. Otherwise, people will pull you on their agendas to get what they want done. I'll take a little bit out of you here, a little bit out of you there, a little bit out of you there, a little bit out of you there. And before you know it, you've nothing left. And everybody thinks they're just having a little piece of the pie. Oh, you can do that. You can do that. Say no. Number three. Number four. During the day, learn to take regular breaks. There's lots of information out there about the optimum amount of work time and focus. Some people say it's possible to work for 90 minutes and that 90 minutes is the optimum and best 
period of time to focus on before you really get a serious drop in your output. Some people say that that's too long and within that you need to have 30 minutes, five minutes off, 30 minutes on, five minutes off. So maybe you do 90 minutes, you do 30 minutes and then five minutes off, another 30 minutes, five minutes off, then another 20 minutes and finish. That's your first work block of the day. And then you probably need 30 minutes off doing something else move around, change your posture, go and do another activity and then start your next activity of key input for another 90 minutes. Rinse and repeat. 30 minutes on, 5 minutes off, 30 minutes on, 5 minutes off, 20 minutes on, finish. Then a decent break, at least 40 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour. Take some exercise, go to a quiet place, meditate, be alone, rest, don't go on your phone, necessarily. Then it's possible you could have another 90 minute block somewhere. But when you listen to the greats who've achieved amazing things, great players, great athletes, and you ask them, well, how, you know, and you find out how long did these people train for? How long did they, how, what did they put into their, their time schedule to be great at what they did, to be world-class? You know, people put four, five, six hours a day. Yes, occasionally you come across people who did six, seven, eight hours a day. Very, very rarely. So if you're putting four, four, four and a half, five hours a day of key focused activity into your main agenda your main goal you are nailing it and it's focused activity because that's the key thing it's perfect practice or practice perfect it's not sitting down wondering mind wandering doing other things it's quiet or it's focused activity if it's on the pitch training and it's focused that's still focus it's still 90 minutes of focus but you have to be on blob it's not just generalized wishy-washy. But you need those breaks in there to make it worthwhile. And then on a bigger scale, every few days, you need to have a day off, down day. Difficult to do for us. Difficult to do for leaders. Difficult to do for those who are after the rabbit, after the goal. But it's necessary. I do fall down on that myself. So tempting to pick the phone up, so tempting to do more work. It'll get me ahead, Mm, will it? We need to be refreshed. And the last one, number five. Brian Johnson calls these the fundies, the fundamentals. Eat, sleep, move. He's got another one, digital shutdown. Eat. You have to eat well. It might mean you need to plan. Plan your meals. Sharpen the saw. As Covey would talk about. Plan your meals. Eat well. Because you cannot be a a racehorse if you're eating rubbish. Eat well. Drink well. Keep hydrated. 
Look after your input. Look after your health. Sleep. Ah, the mighty, mighty sleep. You might need nine hours to feel good. You might need 10 hours. If you're an athlete and you're working hard physically, you probably need nearer the 10. You might get away with eight and seven for a while and six for a while. I've tried it all, so have many other people. But when you feel the difference between when you're really energized and you get up and you've had a great night's sleep and you've had a digital shutdown the night before, you've eaten well, you've not eaten just before you go to sleep and you've had a quiet time before bed and then you sleep well and you get up and you feel refreshed, it's amazing compared to getting up and you can't put one foot in front of the other because you feel washed out. That chronic fatigue that sets in because we do not run our lives proficiently. And last one for, for of the three of Brian's eat, sleep, move movement. We all need to exercise in one way or the other. It might just be going for a walk every day. So many successful people in history used to just walk every day, 30 minutes. No music, no phones, just walking, particularly in nature. Proven, 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 getting away from it. Might be going to the gym, might be going for a run, might be yoga, it could be anything. But sitting down in a chair, eight, nine, 10 hours a day and coming home and sitting down in the, in the chair watching TV, listening to your music on your phone, ain't no good. Ain't good for your posture, ain't good for your health, your blood pressure, your breathing, your respiratory system, your circulatory system, nothing. You have to have the right balance of diet, sleep, and movement to maintain optimum health. If you want to be successful, you need optimum health. And Johnson's last one is that digital shutdown, which enables great rest and great sleep. So, Quick recap, number one, prioritize the goals and prioritize the tasks. Two, have a baby step approach. Don't look for enormous gains, little by little by little. Be assertive and learn to say no, number three. Take regular breaks and divide your focused activity up with regular breaks, number four. And number five, your fundamentals, primarily based around eat, sleep, and move. So that's it, folks. That's dealing with overwhelm. If you're not overwhelmed, you don't suffer with overwhelm, no problem. Find somebody who does, share this podcast. I hope that really helps, even if you can just make some small inroads into it to begin with, baby steps. If you like what you've heard, you think it's great, you think it can help people, share away and please leave us a review, whatever your podcast platform is, Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever you listen to, please leave us a review. It helps no end to help get the 
get the great stuff out there. All right, as always, great to chat. Catch you later. Bye-bye.